the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Well, here we are on Thursday already, May 19th. You realize that we are approaching, we're six weeks away from half the year is over, 2022. Those of us who recall in 2001 was a science fiction movie about the future. (laughs) Somebody who was born in 2001 is now uh, a senior in college. Born in 2001. Yes. So I debated a great deal within myself whether to talk about the Sports Illustrated issue featuring fat models. And I... I debate it for the obvious reasons because it's such a sensitive subject as as indeed it should be. Women's looks are a far more sensitive subject than men's looks. That is the the way of the world, just as within peacocks, men's looks or males' looks are more significant than females' looks. It is the way in which the human race was built. The female turns on the male and then you have the reproductive capacity. That's the way it works. Now, a man should turn on a woman too, but that's, it's, it's very different, very, very different as a general rule. There are gorgeous men who turn any woman on, I fully acknowledge that, but they're, they're very rare, and not every gorgeous man by any means is heterosexual to begin with. The very fact that it is difficult to discuss this issue proves the point about how what the left has done is made all discussion of reality difficult. You have to live in the make-believe world of the left in order to avoid controversy and avoid being attacked. One of the finest humans I know, Jordan Peterson, One of the finest thinkers I know, Jordan Peterson, spoke out about this. Daily Wire reports, sorry, not beautiful, Jordan Peterson blasts Sports Illustrated over plus-sized swimsuit issue cover model. Now, you can make the case, there is a case to be made, why not feature... I don't know what word to use, overweight. I mean, overweight doesn't quite do what fat does. 
and, and the issue is not fat shaming or any other stupid slogan uh, that shuts down honest dialogue. What Jordan, what Jordan Peterson is speaking about is that we have systematically, talk about systemically, we have systematically, or the, the society via the left, forgetting swimsuit models, in, in architecture, in art, there has been an assault on the concept of beauty. And he, he feels that this is part of it. Now, there are uh, overweight, truly overweight women who are beautiful. If, if one is speaking, of course, about one's face, which is what beautiful usually signifies, that is true. And God knows that when I see such a woman, my heart breaks for her, because it's not true that every uh, truly overweight person has it just goes home and eats a box of donuts. There are very many other forces involved, many of which are not even known. Nutrition is a very, very poorly studied subject uh, in medical schools. I don't even know if it's addressed. So the issue of whether one's heart goes out or whether such a woman can even be found attractive by, by some men, these are all true. But the swimsuit issue has featured what what it considered the ideal, and I thought many of them were too thin. I said this often. I, I fully acknowledge. I thought uh, I thought that it was a bit weird how thin uh, some of the models have been. Not all, but what some of them have been. And I just, I'm not thin shaming. So what happened when when Jordan Peterson said this? He, his looks were attacked, which, of course, is inevitable. Uh, but the, the idiocy of attacking his looks uh, are, are that he's not saying, I represent physical beauty. He's not putting himself up as a model. Maybe it doesn't matter. There's a voice in me that says, maybe this doesn't matter. If it's... if. If it's just, let's make some people feel good, that's one thing, and you can debate whether that is the purpose of what what is essentially a beauty contest. But if it is to say there's no such thing as beauty, everybody is, is equally beautiful, then it's an assault on truth. See, that, the question is, is it an act of kindness or an assault on truth, or both? Sorry, not beautiful, Peterson remarked on Twitter in response to a New York Post headline about Yumi Nu, who was announced as the cover model for Sports Illustrated 2022 swimsuit issue, and no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. That's what he tweeted. Peterson illustrated his objection in response to a Twitter user who criticized him. Quote, It's a conscious progressive attempt to manipulate and retool the notion of beauty, reliant on the idiot philosophy that such preferences are learned 
and properly changed by those who know better. But don't let the facts stop you. Peterson fired back at the user. Peterson also included links to two scientific studies in his reply, the first one published in the journal Infant Behavior and Development in 1998. Shows that baby showed that babies spent more time looking at faces judged to be attractive by adults. Interesting, no? Babies preferred the same faces as adults. The second, a 2009 study published in the journal Evolution and Human Behavior, remember he's a professor of psychology, found that more attractive women had more children than their less attractive counterparts while the least attractive men had less children than every other group of men, who had roughly the same number of children, indicating that physical attractiveness may be related to reproductive success rates. Peterson's tweet came in response to a New York Post interview with New, that's the woman's name, who is a very pretty woman, but, but quite heavy, who will appear as one of the cover models of the 2022 swimsuit issue, along with model, socialite, and television personality Kim Kardashian, model and singer Kiara, and model Mae Musk, the mother of Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk. She's how old now? She's in her 70s, 60s? No, she's definitely in her 70s. I think she might even be in her 80s. She might be, and she's a good-looking woman. So that's another interesting question. We, we never have associated swimsuit models with a woman in her late 70s or even 80s. So that, I think, is a positive development. She's in her 70s. She's in her 70s. Okay. I think that is a positive development. Portraying women who are not young as sexy is actually a wonderful thing. But they didn't... They, they took a woman who was good-looking and who, who looks good in in a swimsuit. In the interview, New, that's the this the heavy one, expressed her excitement at the opportunity and described herself as a champion of body and race diversity. So what does that mean, body diversity? So does essentially is Sports Illustrated saying anybody qualifies as a model? Just as everybody qualifies as a valedictorian. The issue here is not, God forbid, a Peterson attack on the heavy or on the fat. It's an attack on the notion that there are no standards, that this is just another example. What does body diversity mean? Do, do we have, the only area left in society where there are still standards of excellence is sports. I wonder if that'll be shattered. I don't think so. But in every other occasion, diversity. Dennis Prager here, and the real estate market is hot right now. People are taking advantage of low interest rates and economic uncertainty by investing in real assets. Whether you're a first-time buyer or just looking to make a change, the key to getting the property you want is being pre-qualified with cash in hand. That's why you should contact Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at andrewandtodd.com. They are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Andrew and Todd are mortgage bankers. 
bankers, not brokers, so their team takes care of you personally from start to finish. In fact, you'll probably speak with either Andrew or Todd directly. Go online and fill out a few simple questions, and they can usually assess your situation right over the phone. Andrew and Todd are with you every step of the way. Go to andrewandtodd.com or call 888-888-1172, andrewandtodd.com, or 888-1172, Yesterday, I spent a lot of time on the bum who was the president of the United States. He used Buffalo to cast hatred upon half this country. He's a hate monger. One of the greatest lies in the history of presidential election campaigns was his statement that he he wanted to unify the country. He makes Donald Trump look like a unifier. Yes, however, if you can keep talking about white racism enough, white supremacy, people might forget that they can't get baby formula or that gas in California right now is well over $6 a gallon for the first time because of the sick fanatics in the environmentalist movement known as the Greens having dominance in the Democratic Party and no drilling. You're paying more for energy. You will probably not have air conditioning the whole summer. In other words, you won't have it for the entire summer. There will be there will be brownouts. Not brought to you by weather. Brought to you by the Democratic Party. And this is all fine with the environmentalists because then they can say, you see, it's not reliable fossil fuel. The bored and wealthy are very great dangers to a society. The bored anybody, the bored and and poor are also a danger. They simply manifest their dangers, their dangerousness, if you will, in different ways. Here's an amazing story from CWB Chicago. Just before 2 a.m. on May 6th, Chicago police dispatchers notified patrol officers that a GPS tracker had located a stolen BMW. The car had been taken from an armed robbery victim in Lakeview the night before. All right, so they tracked down the stolen BMW. Police found the car on Museum Campus Drive and tried to pull it over. But the driver sped away and the cops let it go. Is that clear? So far, very clear, right? It took off. We tried to put a stop on it, an officer radioed. We're not following. We're not chasing. Show us heading into the station to do a report. All right, all clear? They didn't chase the guy who stole the car. Almost exactly an hour later, that BMW rolled up to the corner of Webster and Wayne in Lincoln Park. You know that area well, I would assume. You're from Chicago. Even I know it. 
A gunman got out of it and ambushed 23-year-old Dakota Early in an armed robbery attempt. Within seconds, Early's life changed forever when the robber shot him three times at close range while demanding his phone password, twice in the back, once in his head. He remains hospitalized. Doctors had to amputate part of his leg last week. His jaw, shattered by a bullet, is wired shut, and he will eventually need a voice box to communicate. Alderman Brian Hopkins told a community meeting on Monday. On Tuesday, prosecutors charged Tyshawn Brownie, 19, with attempted murder and five counts of robbery in connection with Early's shooting and four, four other holdups. Police believe the crew responsible for robbing the BMW's owner and Early may have robbed 20 people on the north side since May 4th. Most of those occurred after police ended their pursuit of the BMW. So a veteran Chicago police officer said, It's easy to count the bad things that happen when pursuits go wrong. There's no way to count the bad things that happen because a violent person wasn't pursued. So they have a document, Emergency Vehicle Operations Eluding and Pursuing. The document explains everything a Chicago cop must know and consider when deciding if they should pursue a vehicle. It's 13 pages long. There's a 13-page guide on whether you pursue a guy who is eluding the police. Officers must conform to the balancing test which is outlined in the policy. Why would an officer chase a criminal given this 13 13 page document? The balancing test requires an officer to determine quote if the necessity to immediately apprehend the fleeing sub- subject outweighs the level of inherent danger created by a motor vehicle pursuit. That's a farce. What are they, prophets? Crystal ball readers? However, it is probably fair to say, uh, I think at any rate, that it is fair to say That a guy who stole a car and then is willing to speed away from police will hurt people. Would you, would anybody be willing to bet uh, against that? Critics argue the department puts its thumb on the balancing test scale so it weighs heavily against pursuing almost anyone. That's right. This poor man. It was another black-on-black crime for those of you preoccupied with white supremacy. The Dennis Prager Show. In November of 2020, the Democrats were up to no good. Apparently, they were planning 
to pull off some degree, maybe decisive degree, of election fraud. Well, they might have been caught. Find out what they did and how they did it in the new documentary film called 2,000 Mules, directed and narrated by renowned filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, and executive produced by Salem Media Group, with research from truethevote.org. 2,000 Mules tells the story of those who tried to hijack a presidential election. You'll see actual video surveillance tapes. You will see how their cell phones were tracked to box after box as they got paid to carry out this illegal scheme. Watch the movie and decide for yourself. Attend a limited release premiere of 2,000 Mules on May 2 or May 4. Check your local listings and get your tickets today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000 mules.com Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here and it's a real joy to welcome a colleague of mine Brandon Tatum the Officer Brandon Show Officer Tatum Oh, they really made it formal they used your last name, Brandon Okay, Officer Tatum it is an honor to be with you I just want everybody to know that on Pacific Time, 3 p.m., uh, that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, et cetera, et cetera. You can hear him. He, Larry Elder has moved on. By the way, completely uh, positive between him and Salem. There was, it, it, In fact, I think he's going to even be doing some things with Salem. It was just Larry's desire to have his own podcast, and Larry has now a successor in Brandon Tatum, and Brandon, you are, uh, you're terrific, and it is a joy to have you. Uh, did you ever do a daily uh, show before? Well, Dennis, I want to start out by saying thank you so much for having me on, and it is a, more of a pleasure for me to be on your show. Um, I think you're such an amazing guy, so I think the feeling is mutual. Thank you. I've never done a daily show to this magnitude i had a little small channel uh here in phoenix i had a weekend show that was an hour long and then i would fill in for the guests that were they, they would do their show from 12 to 3 i fill in a little bit and it was a show where it was like four people on there so i didn't get a chance to talk much so nothing to this degree and i, I think that this is such a blessing for me to be able to to let, allow god to use me over the airways to touch american people touch the american people by the way, while it's not language that I have used often, it's exactly how I feel God has allowed me to do this. Uh, I, I don't say he's appointed me. I don't know how God works. But I do believe that I have to answer to God for all the work that I do. So I just I just wanted to say I resonate with that. Let me get your take on uh, on Buffalo and particularly the speech of the president. I... I I said, Brandon, I thought it was the ugliest speech given by a president in American history. But I don't want to lead you on if you thought it was a great speech. <laughs> oh, no. Trust me. We, we are kindred spirits. I, I, he did not give a great speech. He did not give a unifying speech. They pushed fake propaganda to be partisan. I mean, his speech had nothing to do with the people of Buffalo, essentially. It had nothing to do with gun violence. and It had everything to do with politics. They are trying to lead the American people on to the midterms and lead them into the 2024 election. That's what the Democrats are all about. They are worrying about power and not worrying about the people. So it was a virtue signal 
um, on the backs of the dead people there at Buffalo. That's right. So I want to read to you something from a uh, columnist at the Washington Post, the black guy named Brian Broom. So I want to read this and get your reaction. I keep telling my black friends that it's just going to get worse. I keep telling them that some white men fed a steady diet of nonsense and statistics about the state of whiteness in the United States will only grow more convinced that people of color are the enemy, which means the sort of violence we saw over the weekend at a supermarket in Buffalo will get worse. What's your reaction? Well, I think that gentleman is completely out of his mind. He probably needs to put down drugs or whatever he's using that's brainwashing him. Because if you look at any statistical data, I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about none of that. Look at the statistical data. The leading causes of death for young black men in America between 18 and 35 are at the hands of another black man through murder. We don't have to worry about some white supremacist. I I have never seen a white supremacist. I've never seen a Klan's member. Um, This idiot that decided to be radicalized through channels outside of conservative talk radio, channels outside of conservative news outlets. He was radicalized from what he said on 4chan. He considered himself to be a leftist. He considered himself to be a populist. So he had nothing to do with conservative values. He mentioned he hated conservative values. So um, you're not going to be killed by a white man if you are black in this country, statistically proven. You're not going to be killed by a police officer. It's more likely you get struck by lightning than to get killed by a police officer as an unarmed black man in America. So I, I really feel sorry for black people who allow emotionalism to make them susceptible to lies. But the truth of the matter is that's not the biggest concern for black men in America is to be killed by some left left wing deranged white supremacist. Yes, that's right. We'll be back in a moment. Brandon Tatum, the, the Officer Tatum show on Salem Network every day. Another fighter and uh, knows his stuff. All right, back in a moment. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work, and that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hi, everybody. Speaking with the newest talk show host with the national show on the Salem Network, my colleague and friend, Brandon Tatum, the Officer Tatum Show. Officer is because he was a police officer. Brandon, I, I read a report from the from Chicago in my first hour, about cops letting a a BMW filled with robbers get away because chasing is now 
considered too dangerous. They went on to commit 20 more robberies. In one of the cases, they shot a man in the head. Uh, by the way, apropos of what you said, it was black shooting a black. Black guy has no voice now. He has to use a voice box. Lost part of his leg. All because the officers wouldn't chase the car because they have nothing to gain. If there's an accident in the chase or even the, the guy being chased you know, hits somebody, then they're, they're sued or they're suspended. So uh, cops are not chasing. This is another example of the, the reduction of police effort in, in America. So you, you were a police officer. What's your take on this, the chase issue? Well, the, the chase issue is multifaceted, right? There, there are some chases that are not warranted. Uh, meaning if a person has a suspended driver's license, do you want to chase that person through a populated city? Probably not. But when you're talking about people who are armed and dangerous and that could inflict harm on other American citizens, you have the uh, ability, you have the responsibility as a police officer to protect the public. So in those situations where you have violent fleeing criminals, I think that it should be 100% acceptable to pursue them because if you don't, what happens? They go on and commit more crimes. They go on and kill other people and put other individuals' lives in danger. I think that it's very sad that our police officers have to hold hold back on rescuing uh, the people that they are sworn to protect and serve because of political correctness. We should stand behind our police officers, understand that they have a dangerous job, understand that things may not go 100% right, knowing that they're acting in good faith. And I believe when we get back to the point of supporting our police officers, allowing them to do their job, supporting them uh, when they're doing what's right and it may go wrong, I think we'll see a, a reduction in crime and we'll see police, the police departments around the country recover. That was a great answer. The, uh, the, it wasn't even in the article. That was an interesting thing. Your point is well taken. The chase, you should determine whether you chase on what their offense was. That's right, you know. Uh, out-of-date tags is not the same as armed robbers. I, I think that that should be the guide, guidelines. Do you uh, do you still have uh, friends in the police force, or have you moved on? Oh no, I, a lot of my friends that I still have today. I mean, when we were in the police on the police department, we were like family. Uh, so we we have friendships for the rest of my life, and so I still talk to them, I still communicate with them, and I also have uh, gained a few more friends. From around the world or not around the world but around the country who reach out to me who are police officers that are still on duty where were you in phoenix or, or tucson tucson right that's what i thought but you're not you're, you're okay you're broadcasting from phoenix so what is the morale if you can generalize i, I salute every police officer who was state a police officer given the staggering amount of belittling of policemen that has taken place? Yeah, I would say I say the morale is probably down 60%. I mean, all the police officers that I know that are still working, they're ready to retire. They're trying to get out of there. Many of them have chosen different professions. Hmm. Um, it, it is sad what has happened to policing in America. It, it's impossible for them to get qualified people or a, a, a influx of qualified That's people right, to right. join the police department right. because they're terrified. That's right. Well, it, it takes a special mind to believe that fewer policemen means less crime. 
You, you, you really need to have gone to college many years to believe that. Well, you know, Dennis, you know, Dennis, they do this, this mathematical equation to fool the public. They eliminate police officers. That, therefore, there's less police officers out. Therefore, police officers are less engaged with the population. They're arresting less people because they're not arresting people at all. Therefore, the city, the mayor, they can say crime is down. Crime is not down. It's just that we cannot record crime because cops are not out proactively policing and they're not making an arrest. They're allowing people to go out and commit 45 extra crimes. They may arrest them for one of the crimes because now it has gotten to the point where somebody's been shot and killed or shot and, and, and seriously injured. They are fluffing the numbers. It's not as much police interactions anymore. There's not enough police. There's no proactive policing in many of these cities. Therefore, there's no arrest being made. Crime is still going on. Crime is rampant. You ask anybody to live in these cities, they're terrified. I have a friend who has a, a major company in Chicago, and his company has completely been absolved because the crime is too out of control for them to maintain there in Chicago. It's this real people are having real issues, and the city mayor, these Democrats, um, do not care. They push false narratives so they can get reelected. It's the ultimate in what's called gaslighting. You think you're seeing all these murders and all these robberies of stores, but hey, crime is going down. Are you going to believe your eyes, your lying eyes? That's that's really what it amounts to. Let me end with a, a personal question, because whenever I have a black conservative on, I ask them this question. What percentage of your extended family agree with you? Well, you know what? I have to tell you when it started and where it's at now. <laughs> Where it started, I don't think nobody agreed with me at all. And now I just did a, a family event. We went to the Rangers game. It was 20 of my family, all Tatums. My, my uh, great uncle, who's 80 years old, went to his first baseball game. And uh, they all agree with me. Even the ones who say, you know what, I'm not really a big fan of Donald Trump. But I tell you what, everything that you say is right. I listen to your show. Wow. I'm glad that you're saying what you're saying. My uncle said, he said the Democrats, now he used you know, language that I will not use on the show. But he said, Al Sharpton ain't, you know what? And he said, them Democrats ain't, you know what? They have never done nothing for black people. And and I almost teared. All right, do me a uh, favor. almost fell from my I want, Invite me to the next Tatum family reunion. Yes. <laughs> I love you, Brandon. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. And I'm delighted. I have one of the world's greatest conservative thinkers and I try to never use hyperbole so I mean that quite literally one of the world's greatest conservative thinkers Yoram Hazoni and his book is just out this week conservatism a rediscovery I'll ask him why he says rediscovery he's chairman of the Edmund Burke Foundation president of the Herzl Institute in Israel and uh, he, I, I, I have the delight of having had a Shabbat dinner at his home with my wife and his precious family. Your family uh, could truly be used as sort of a model family. You don't even have to react because I'm, I'm, no, no family is devoid of any issues. I'm, I take that as That's a given. For, <laughs> That's for sure. Right. But yeah, no. given the normative realm of issues <laughs> your family is precious beyond words how many children do you have you. uh yeah ellen i have nine children and now three grandchildren 
So I'll ask you, this has nothing to do with your conservatism book, but I, on a human level, I'm, I'm curious. So did you embrace, with your first grandchild, did you embrace the title grand, grandparent immediately, or was there a voice in you going, wait a minute, I'm still a kid? No, uh, we embraced it immediately. We've been See, waiting for this. I'm immature. There you go. I, I fully acknowledge a, a streak of immaturity in me that it took me a little while to, to make peace with the fact that me, this guy, is a grandparent. I just want to say you <laughs> no, are that... you are a, a, an advanced version of me. <laughs> Look, it's it it it. it, it, it it's an indescribable change in your life. It's like you've uh, gone up, uh, like you've been promoted. It's like this gigantic change in altitude that you look down and you see two, two living generations. Right. It, 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 it's vast. I I, I agree. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very, as one caller said to me once, Dennis, the, uh, I have the perfect description of you transparent. And and so I, I offered some transparency into, uh, something I, I'm not proud of, but I thought it was fun to acknowledge. So one more story, if you would, on the personal level. You want to briefly tell everybody about your dog? It's not my dog. It's my, my, my son's dog. Your son's dog. Uh, yeah. My, yes. My, 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 my son uh, was uh, serving in, in, a, uh, uh, in, in uh, an elite combat unit like a, a commando unit during the the, the Gaza war, and um, uh, they, they were walking through through streets that had been that had been uh, booby trapped and um, including booby trapped animals, like you know, like animals walking around with explosives on them, and um, and when, when the, the one day they were sitting and having lunch, and this this dog walked walked past them and started barking at. At, uh, at at some some sheep or something to get it away from them, and uh, this dog that they found in in Gaza started protecting this Israeli army unit, and uh, wow. the, they they realized that the dog hadn't had you know was 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 hungry and hadn't been taken care of, but the dog was trying to take care of them, and uh, when when it came came time so they fed it and when it came time time to evacuate the dog wanted to get on the on the bus to take them back across the border. So my son took 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 the dog across across the border and they 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 adopted this dog that protected them in Gaza. What a story. You should write that up. It is so touching. <laughs> and I remember meeting the dog and it was uh it was a, a, a wonderful experience. So folks Yoram Hazoni is one of the great explainers of the conservative value system. And the book is called Conservatism, a Rediscovery. Hazoni is H-A-Z-O-N-Y. It's up at DennisPrager.com or anywhere you want to look for the book. So when in America, let's talk about America here when in America was conservatism a robust and even dominant philosophy? 
Dennis, I, I just have to ask you, I'm sorry, I don't have patience uh, to wait. Did you, have you gotten to the part of the book where I, where, where I talk about your impact on me and my friends at Princeton when we were becoming yes, religious? Yes, I, I, I mentioned, I'm very touched that you, you, you wrote about me and I'm very touched that you're saying it on the air. I oh. mentioned this with great pride to my producer right before you came on. Thank you. Well, look, so, so to answer, to answer your question, um, uh, during during the 1980s, during during the the, the Reagan Thatcher jo, jo, Pope John Paul II uh, years, um, that there was a robust conservatism. I mean, the uh, the the conservatism of those days was uh, you know it was it was an alliance of anti anti Marxist liberals with with conservatives. Um, so you know, not every single person in you know in that movement was was uh, on board with everything con- that was conservative. But um, but in in addition to yourself, uh, when when we college students in the 1980s were founding the the uh, uh, the, the Princeton Tory, this Reaganite student magazine, and adopting a conservative way of life and it, becoming conservative people, um, we we had. Uh, uh, Thinkers like uh, Irvin Kristol and uh, George Will in those days was a very much a traditional conservative in yourself, and uh, and 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 I think that you know to quote Irving, um, that there was a broad understanding in uh, in in the Reagan administration, for example, that that conservatism is is not just about freedom, that it's not just about uh, economic liberties, that conservatism, as uh, as Irving put it. Uh, uh, consisted of three pillars: uh, religion, nationalism, and uh, economic growth. And uh, and he always said, and I think many people understood that 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 that, that uh, economic liberties are absolutely crucial for economic growth, and you can't do without them. Uh, but on the other hand, that everything has to have its limits, and the purpose of uh, religion. Um, which Crystal said was the most important part of conservatism. The purpose of religion and the nation is to be able to keep the, the right balance and the boundaries between, uh, you know, between between the, the, the guardrails people say today between what what should be permitted and what what what's self-destructive. Um, so I, I I think we had a pretty good conservatism in those days. I could have, you know, it, it, like everything, it could have been improved, but I I, I think that there was a a real wrong turn afterwards, uh, when when uh, when the conservative movement kind of dropped religion and nationalism um, uh, as as uh, important central features. That's great. That is great. So again, the pillars of traditional conservatism, at least in America, is religion, nationalism, and economic growth. So right. I. Uh, as you may know, uh, I defined the American value system uh, also on three pillars, which I got from America's coins and bills, Mo- the, the monetary paper that we use along with the coins, liberty, e pluribus unum, and in God we trust. And so it's essentially what you just said, just in different words, liberty with the economic freedom, in God we trust is the religion, and e pluribus unum is the nationalism. Is that fair? Yeah, I, absolutely. That's great. See, folks? Yeah. There really is a way to define conservatism in the United States. 
So do you see uh, what's happening now as this uh, epochal struggle for Western civilization, or is that overstated? Uh, that That's um, uh, maybe understated. It's certainly true, yeah. Let, let's... Um... I think it's very important for people to understand that that, that uh, f- the, the United States kind of had a ruling set of ideas after the Second World War. Uh, that that ruling set of ideas <coughs> had already set aside, <coughs> excuse me, had already set aside, um, you know, God in the schools, Bible in the schools. Those things were <coughs> were were banned by the Supreme Court in the 1960s. So I. Uh, I, I, I think that the post-war uh, liberal ideas that, that dominated America were very far from perfect. <clears throat> but, um, you know, you, you, you could definitely say, um, look, the, America gave freedom to, for everybody to do yes, everything. Yes, all right, all right. Hold on there because I want to remind everybody, conservatism a rediscovery. Yoram Hazoni, the book is up at DennisPrager.com. The Dennis Prager Show. Speaking to Yoram Mazzoni, one of the world's leading conservative thinkers. I'll tell you, uh, by the way, Yoram, in light of what I just said about you being a a leading, one of the truly leading thinkers today, whether we win or lose, um, if we lose, the West loses, and I, I only see darkness. But putting that aside... It can never be said that we didn't make the case for our values. I mean, it, it's it wasn't for lack of intellectual firepower that we would have lost if we lose. I just wanted to say that. It, it, I'm not saying it is a compliment. It is a compliment. But it's not. That's not why I'm saying it. I just want people to understand our arguments are out there. If people don't want to read them, then there's there's little we can do about that. But we're doing our best and, and we're doing pretty well. Now, I just want to uh, go to one aspect of the three pillars of conservatism. You mentioned religion, nationalism, and economic freedom. So I'm totally on board. In God we trust, the pluribus unum, and liberty. I have made the case much of my life that conservatives blew it on the religion part. And they they have been, most or many conservatives have been as secularized as leftists. Why is that? Well, it, it, it's because the, <clears throat> look, it's a, it's a, it's a comp, <clears throat> Sorry, it's a complicated question, but uh, to make something complicated simple, uh, the uh, many thinkers of the Enlightenment, the rationalist stream in the Enlightenment, set as its primary goal the destruction of the standing of the Bible and religion. Um, so there, there's been a 200-year war, 250-year war to uh, discredit Tanakh, to discredit the Bible, <clears throat> to discredit Scripture. And they won. I mean, they they succeeded in convincing uh, the educated elites in 
uh, first in, in Europe and then in America, they succeeded in convincing them that the Bible was darkness and foolery, uh, that it doesn't have ideas that were that are important to your life, that it doesn't have ideas that had an impact on Western civilization and, in fact, shaped Western civilization. And the result is uh, today, you know, in America, Bible is banned from the schools. You know, people have all sorts of reasons for it. It doesn't matter. You, 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 children go every day to school, uh, to school that's been stripped clean of God and Scripture. And what, what is not honored uh, is dishonored. Uh, if you don't have teachers saying the Bible is the basis of our civilization and uh, and and the foundation of our uh, of, of a good life and of, of a just society, if, if you don't have teachers saying that, the children don't hear it every day, then they learn from the silence that uh, that uh, that uh, that that Bible and religion and God are are to be dishonored. Um, and uh, so that that argument has been won among the elites. The universities have been working for 150 years on on developing methods of deconstructing the Bible, so that if you go to university and try to study the Bible, most places there's there is not a single course you can take about biblical ideas. And uh, uh, and and, and uh, so that is has been won. And I think that if we talk about what's happening now. Um, uh, it, it is catastrophic. 2020 was the the year that the uh, that uh, that the left broke the resistance of the liberals, and uh, and liberal institutions, uh, you know, like wh where I studied uh, at, at Princeton, uh, have gone around uh, uh, removing the names of of, of uh, you know liberal presidents like Woodrow Wilson from from the buildings. Now, liberalism has shown itself. Uh, liberalism. I'm talking about liberalism, stripped of the conservative part, stripped of, of of God and Scripture and and the nation. That kind of liberalism uh, has proved that it is incapable of fighting Marxism. It's incapable of fighting the left. Um, and uh, within two generations of kicking the Bible and God out of the schools, the liberalism has collapsed too. And so when we ask ourselves, what do we need to do now? I think uh, both at the you know, at the policy level, but also at the personal level. Uh, look, this is this, this is a biblical situation. It's it's it, you know it, it. We're being told that that this society is uh, on the verge of destruction, and uh, and and the, uh, the 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 traditional way of understanding how you're supposed to react to this kind of situation is through tshuva. That's a Hebrew Hebrew biblical word for repentance, and repentance means that you know you you can't just talk about uh, economic uh, uh, e economic issues and, and freedoms. You can't just talk even about national interest. At this point, regardless of what you personally, I'm not talking about you, Dennis, but the the, the listeners, regardless of what you personally think about God or the Bible. Um, you have to understand that the only force that's strong enough to save uh, America and the Western nations, the only force that has a chance is biblical religion. And whether you know it or whether you like it or whether you don't like it, it, it doesn't matter at this point. You have to choose a side. It's going to be Marxist revolution or, it, or, or it's going to be returned to, to, uh, to biblical religion, to Christianity and, and to Judaism. And, and that's in your personal lives, too. I want everybody to know two things about what you just heard. First, I, 
I agree with every single word exactly as you put it. Secondly, these are two religious Jews having this discussion. And while it is unfortunately true that most Jews are on the left, because they have left these biblical beliefs and values, there are a lot of us around just as it has happened in Christianity where so many have left these biblical beliefs. One more reason this book is so important, Conservatism, A Rediscovery by Yoram Hazoni. Yoram, it is always a, a delight to talk to you. Please keep writing and love to your family. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, all God's blessings to you and, 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 and your work. I have, I have been blessed. Thank you. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.